Welcome to Daily Daf Differently, a Jcast Network podcast. This daily podcast invites you to join us to study the Daily Talmud page with a variety of liberal rabbis and teachers. For more information about Daily Daf Differently, please visit jcastnetwork.org slash ddd. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. Hello, this is Ethan Linden, and today's daf is Erevin Lamed Gimel, page 33 in Masechet Erevin. And as I was preparing the daf today, the song by the Shirelles from the 60s kept swimming through my head. Mama said there'd be days like this. There'd be days like this, my mama said. And I know that song is probably supposed to be about broken romance, but for me, that song is about the experience of trying to learn Daf Yomi. The experience of trying, as I have since August, to learn one page of Talmud a day. And there are days like this, where the difficulty of the argument, the complexity of the debate, the details that I'm expected to keep in my head as I try to follow the ins and outs of the Shakla Vataria, the give and the take of the Talmud, make my head hurt. And at the end of those days, as I finish those Dapim, I think to myself, well, at least nobody expects me to try to teach this Daf to anybody else. And yet here I am on Eruvin, Lamed Gimel, page 33 of Eruvin, and I am finding myself on a page where the topics are difficult and esoteric, where the details are hard, where the shaklavataria, the give and the take of the argumentation is so difficult, and the good people at the Daily Doff Differently podcast whom I imagine sitting in some sort of undisclosed underground bunker with maps and blinking lights, sort of like the war room in Dr. Strangelove, have assigned me this page to teach. And so as I attempt to teach this difficult page and to find some small amount of meaning and enlightenment in just a few minutes, I hope you will forgive me for cheating just a little bit. And my cheat is this. On the DAF today, there is a reference back to a debate that occurred on the last Amud, which is 32b, but I want to talk a little bit about that dispute that occurred on 32b to better understand the question that comes up on 33a, our daf today. The daf today asks the question, my rabbi umai rabbanan. What is the source of the debate, of the disagreement between rabbi, rabbi Yehuda Hanasi, the redactor of the Mishnah, and the, the sages, the rabbis, rabbanan. And the debate that they're referring back to is a discussion that comes from the Mishnah on 32b. Now, the Mishnah on 32b says that if you put your Eruv, um, the, the food stuff that you're, that you're using to make this, again, this proxy location for yourself on Shabbat that we've been talking about the last couple of days, if you put that Eruv on a tree above 10 Tfachim, 10 hands breaths, 
That's no good. Not effective. The Mishnah says, Ain eruvo eruv. It's, it's not, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. If you put that eruv below 10 hand breaths, says the Mishnah, good. You're in good shape. That works perfectly. And your eruv is good. And so the Gemara there on 32b now wants to know, where is this tree that the Mishnah is talking about? If the tree is in a private domain, if the tree is in a, a place that's private anyway, then the Gemara asks, why should it matter if you put the Eruv above 10 Tefachim or below 10 Tefachim? Because the reality is that the private domain is considered a private domain all the way up and all the way down. So your Eruv should be effective either way. It certainly shouldn't matter. Now, if the tree's in a public domain, the Gemara goes on to say, if this tree that the Mishnah is talking about is in a public domain, then we also may have a problem because where is it that this person who's putting his Eruv on this tree, where is it that he's thinking his, his actual spot is going to be? Where is his place of resting supposed to be? So, if he is intending that his place of resting is actually in the tree above ten tefachim high, then shouldn't it be the case that he and the Eruv are both in a private domain, right? Because anywhere above ten tefachim, ten hands breadth, if the tree is assumed to be wider than four hands breadth, Anywhere above that 10 hand breaths limit now is going to be considered a private domain. And so he, that is his Shabbos place, his abode on the Sabbath, and the Eruv are both in the same domain. So that should not really be a problem. But if he's intending to make his abode, his place of resting, the area below the tree, at the root of the tree that's in now the public domain, then if his Eruv is above 10 Tefachim on the tree, then his Eruv is in a private domain, because the tree again is four tefachim wide and ten and more than ten tefachim high, and so therefore that area above ten tefachim is considered private, and he his abode that he's creating is in the public domain, and therefore his eruv does not work; it's not effective because the eruv cannot be in a different domain than we are in, because then to take the eruv from its place to where you are on Shabbat would be violating the rules of carrying. But then they asked, let's say he put it below 10 Tefachim. Above 10 Tefachim, we understand why it would be ineffective. But the Mishnah says that if it's below 10 Tefachim, that Eruv works. To which the Gemara says that can't possibly be because after all, if he takes the Eruv off the tree at all, even if the Eruv is below 10 Tefachim, and therefore in that same public space that he is in, he would be utilizing the tree on Shabbat, and that is rabbinically prohibited. As we know 
from another place in the Gemara in Beitza 36b. We know that he's not supposed to use the tree. So the Gemara comes back and says, actually, this Mishnah represents the view of Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. And Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi says that things that are forbidden by Shvut, that is, things that are forbidden by rabbinical prohibition, are in fact not subject to that prohibition at Bain Hashmashot, at this moment of sort of twilight on Friday afternoon. It's not Shabbat yet, but it's not quite day yet. And in that space, in that space, Rabbi Yehuda Nasi says that things that are simply rabbinically prohibited, such as using a tree on Shabbat for any purpose, are in fact not considered prohibited. And so therefore, because the Eruv becomes effective in this short space of Bein Hashmashot, this time of twilight, when biblical prohibitions go into effect, but rabbinic prohibitions do not, somebody placing an Eruv on a tree that is less than 10 Tvachim, the Eruv is less than 10 Tvachim off the ground, can in fact use that Eruv on Shabbat, even though once Shabbat actually begins, he's not allowed to take the Eruv off the tree. Which is a fascinating sort of thing, which we'll talk about actually tomorrow. But what I want to mention today is that in the course of this conversation, which according to the Gemara has been going on between Rabbi Chia, Bar Abba, Rabbi Asi, and Rabbi Bar Natan, while Rav Nachman was sitting by, then in the course of this conversation, Rav Nachman then says to them, Gishar, as in, that's exactly right. This discussion about the tree and where it is, where the Mishnah imagines this tree to be, this discussion, according to Rav Nachman, is absolutely correct. And in fact, says Rav Nachman, that's what Shmuel thought. Shmuel had the exact same notion, which is to say that the tree that the Mishnah is talking about is this tree in a public domain, and the situation is as we've just described. And then you get this fascinating little piece of conversation where they say to Rav Nachman, these others say to Rav Nachman, you know, is this how you explain it? In other words, is this, this is your explanation? At least that's how the Gemara first reports it. And then the Gemara says, no, 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 that can't be what they asked because in the end, they agree. That is, Rav Chiyah Barav and Rav Yassi and Rav Barnatan, they all agree that this is the right way to read the text. And so what the Gemara comes to is that they, what they really asked is this fascinating question, which is just absolutely almost shocking. And the question is, Kav'ihu? to lay bigmara, which seems to mean something like, did you fix this in the Gemara? And what it seems to be referencing is the way the Gemara came together. That is, they ask him, these, these rabbis who are third generation Amoraim in the land of Israel, 
and Rav Nachman is associated with the second generation and the and the third generation, but he's in Babylonia, and it seems to be this conversation between them where they say to him, did this understanding of the Mishnah become part of the Gemara? Is this now the kind of official position that you, Rav Nachman, embody in the Gemara? That is, when you think of the Mishnah, of this Mishnah, about the tree, do you think of it in this way, and he answers them, yes, that is exactly how I think about it. And then we get this statement, Itmar Nami, it was, it was said, Amar Rav Nachman, Amar Shmuel, right? Rav Nachman said in the name of Shmuel, here we're dealing with a tree such and such and such and such. In other words, repeating the, the situation that we've already decided is what the Mishnah is talking about. And it's a fascinating moment where we get a kind of small glimpse into the way perhaps our Gemara came together, right? Shmuel said something about the Mishnah, which Rav Nachman agreed with, and then heard as part of a conversation among these other rabbis, and Rav Nachman responds to them by saying, you know, this is how I think about the Mishnah, based on Shmuel's position. This is part of my Gemara. This is a fixed part of the rabbinic conversation. This is a determined, decided upon piece of the way we discuss the Mishnah. And so in the course of this rather complicated conversation, and the conversation that will be referenced on our daf on 33, we get this fascinating moment on Amud Bet of 32, where we are dropped in for just a moment to the process by which different interpretations of the Mishnah, different explanations of the Mishnah took on an almost canonical form and became a part of the conversation generation after generation that the rabbis had when they talked about the Mishnah and its meaning. Thank you very much, and we'll talk again tomorrow. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Daily Daf Differently, and that you'll join us again tomorrow for a new page. The music at the opening and close of this episode is Ufros from the Epichorus album One Bead, available on Bandcamp, iTunes, and Spotify.